Hello, Pelicans fans. I am Todd Graffinini, your radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. And thank you for joining us for an edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm filling in for the vacationing Daniel Salerson, who right now needs a vacation from his vacation. He is in the Florida panhandle without power. Again, our thoughts are with everyone to our east in Alabama and Florida after Hurricane Sally went through. We are going to talk NBA playoffs. We are down to the final four. The Eastern Conference Finals already underway with Miami winning its first matchup against Boston. They're up one nothing, And then, of course, the Denver Nuggets down 3-1 to one to the L.A. Clippers. Came back to win that series. They will take on the L.A. Lakers, who defeated the Houston Rockets in five games. It is my pleasure to bring in Fox Sports New Orleans, the television voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Joel Myers. Joel, fun time of the year, down to the Final Four. I know we got a lot to talk about, but it's great to have you on the show. Well, Graf, it is the best time of the year for all of us that love the game. And it's unfortunate that the, the Pals didn't make it this year, but a lot of things to look forward to for the Pals, a very young core, and then still to be determined who's going to lead this young core. So exciting times for us, even though we're on the sideline watching. No question about it. And we've all been watching the last uh, few weeks as the playoffs have been going in full effect in the bubble in Orlando. You know, you were able to get down there and call games for TNT. Just before we get into the actual games, how was your experience down in Orlando? Exceptional. It's amazing what the league has done. Really impressive. And, and it goes back to the great leadership the league has had for a long time now. Uh, going back to David Stern, now Adam Silver, a uh, bright leadership that is progressive, forward-thinking, uh, to see all those trailers and all the equipment and the setup uh, being before I could go over to the arena, have my temperature taken, have the wristband on to make sure everything was being tested every other day. Uh, they did it the right way, and that's why we're down to the final four, and there have been no knock-on-wood hiccups. Isn't it crazy that you, know, you go into this thing, and we started uh, our experience back in August, and now here we are, uh, getting close to the month of October, down to the finals for both conferences. It's just, it's really unbelievable that we're actually in this spot because no one ever dreamed it would happen. No, and especially this time of the year. It, it is so strange that we've, we kind of lose track of time, whether it, now fortunately football has started up. So it's given us some semblance of normalcy because football is starting on time. Now, miss the preseason, and you could tell with some of the things, teams that require timing in their offense in particular, that they were off in the first week. But that's to be expected because they didn't even have two preseason games. But it's good to have football back, the NFL back. And it was great to see the Saints win. They didn't have their A game. Neither did a lot of teams. But their defense was really sound. Offense came up with big plays when they needed it. So it's an exciting time for all of us in, in New Orleans because the Saints are on their way and they are really a deep, talented team. No question about it. Let's get right into the basketball side of things. Let's begin briefly with the Eastern Conference because we've got so much to talk about with the Western Conference. But we've already seen one game in the Eastern Conference Finals between Miami and Boston. And look, those two teams, they're so evenly matched. And that first game was basically what we expected right down to the wire. And it turned into – 
one of those games where you didn't know who was going to win, and it was decided by one of the great defensive plays we'll ever see with Bam Adebayo blocking that would-be tomahawk from Jason Tatum. What a way to end that game. Yeah, an exceptional start to a series that I felt could be at least six, if not seven. Uh, but I, I believe that Boston leaned a little bit too much on their star at the end of the game and didn't diversify and really have good distribution and move the basketball. Uh, the biggest number that stands out in that first game for me was the way Miami uh, shared it. And they had 32 assists, only 24 for Boston. Boston was too predictable at the end of the game. Even that last shot in regulation to win the game, that was, they stood around, nobody even gave Tatum a pick. And it was a long triple, a challenge triple that was short out of his hand. You could tell it was going to be short off the lip of the rim. But Jason Tatum is remarkable. So is Jalen Brown. Well, the future of the Boston Celtics, it's incredible for them. Miami, though, their core, when you look at Miami and the young guys they have developed, they're doing it the right way. Now, they added Jimmy Butler, very similar to what Kawhi Leonard brought to Toronto last year. But he's not one and done. Jimmy Butler signed a four-year contract. Jimmy Butler's happy to be in Miami and a part of what they're developing. And then they got an out-of-body out of experience from Goran Dragic. Right. And Dragic has been playing much better during the postseason than he did during the regular season. Now, he was coming off the bench. Kendrick Nunn was starting during the regular season. Now it's Nunn who's coming off the bench, and Drogic is back to where his normal role has been his entire career. So maybe that has something to do with it, but he, was, he had half his six triples. He was 11 of 19 from the field, and he led them with 29 points. But they were just efficient overall. And one thing for Pels fans to pay attention to with these two teams, there's a premium on every possession. Miami had 13 turnovers. Boston had 11. They took care of the basketball. Uh, they, they weren't cavalier with it. So that's something that they have focused on. They have prioritized, but it's great to watch these two teams. And, and then with Hero and Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, it's only going to get better. Yep. Miami. If it doesn't happen right now, it's going to happen soon for the Miami Heat. Yeah, two very young teams with just star power all over the place. Of course, Jimmy Butler with Miami and – uh, Kemba Walker, but I mean, you could go down the list, but right. I, I, I just, I'm expecting this to go at least six or seven, just because they're so evenly matched. What do you think? Yeah. Well, and Kemba's not played well. He didn't play well in the last series and he put it on himself. He was six of 19. Let success be your guide. I don't know why he's taken nine of his 19 shots were threes. He was one of nine from beyond the arc and he can beat people. He can break people down off the dribble and get into the mid range game. I'll take a deuce as opposed to going one for yeah. nine three Kemba Walker is too valuable for that team and he has to know and recognize certain situations in his game he's a great team player though so he'll get it but it's also a really good matchup between two athletic bigs in Daniel Tice and Bam Adebayo two guys that know their role and play it now Tice couldn't play as many minutes and he fouled out of the game but there's certain matchups in this and then both teams can go to their bench both teams trust their bench. Uh, I never thought we'd see as much out of Williams and Wanamaker and Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Shemi Ojale, as we saw in the previous series, but Brad Stevens has confidence in them. The same way Eric Spolstra uses Hero and none now off the bench. Olenek, Iguodala's been a bonus for them off the bench. But remember this, both teams have built for the most part from within. Yep. Developed their own, which the Pels are doing. 
to me, that's the right way to do things. No question about it. Well, going to be an exciting series. Again, one game under uh, everyone's belt in uh, game two Thursday night. Now let's switch to the Western Conference where it is going to be the LA Lakers against the Denver Nuggets. Nobody thought that that was going to happen. It was supposed to be the Battle of Los Angeles, Joel, for the Western Conference. The Denver Nuggets had other things to say about it. Down three to one, came back, and then what happened in the second half of that uh, game seven with the Nuggets and the Clippers? Well, I know what happened. I just want to get your thoughts uh, on what happened to the Clippers. Are you giving more credit to the Nuggets or more blame to the Clippers? Well, I'm giving credit to the Nuggets, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not a fan, and I, I mentioned it before, of teams that look at the Lakers, and we'll get to the Lakers, obviously, but look at what the Clippers did, similar to what the Lakers did. They stole other talent. They got Paul George. He forced his way out of Oklahoma City. Kawhi was an unrestricted free agent. He was a rental in Toronto. He got his ring. He went there to L.A. He went back home. So you, you can't fault him for that. He wanted to go back where he grew up. But at the same time, if you look at their lineup, and it's going to be interesting to see what develops with this, they've got vets whether it's picking up Morris at the end of the year and Reggie Jackson to Michael Green came on. Um, Harrell's unrestricted. Lou Williams, what was he, four for 27 in that Not circuit. good. Mark, yeah, they had problems finding saliva. They had severe cotton mouth in the second half <laughs> of that final game. So uh, it's nice to see, as I said, Jokic, second-round pick. Jamal Murray still bothers me as seventh overall. Need, I don't need to say any more for Pels fans. Uh, but they built it the right way. Gary Harris, they picked him up in a draft day deal. They've had him since the beginning. And then they developed their own. The only guy they really picked up was Jeremy Grant. And Oklahoma City gifted them because they didn't want to pay Jeremy Grant. Uh, Torrey Gregg they developed. Michael Porter Jr. fell into their lap 14th overall. And then they developed also Monte Morris a guard who can come off the bench. Now, it's going to be interesting because we don't know yet. We're not insiders with the Denver Nuggets. They're missing Will Barton through all of this, True. a guy that's been sensational for them. So it's easy to like what Denver has done because that's what hopefully the Pels are doing, developing your own, where your fan base can hang their hat on. I watched him when he was a rookie and made those mistakes, and now five, six years later, he's mine, and he has really succeeded, and I've watched him grow up as a player and mature as a young man. So I like what Denver did. I'm not objective because Tim Connolly's a friend. And, you know, Tim was our assistant here in New Orleans, the assistant general manager for a number of years. So, yeah, they're – although I'm a St. Louisan too, <laughs> who owns the Denver Nuggets and, and took the Rams to L.A. So there's, there's conflicting interests here. But at the same time, I'm really happy for Tim and a lot of the guys over there in Denver. We're talking with – Joel Myers on our Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. And look, I'm not hating on the Nuggets. I agree with everything you said. They deserved it. Look, they're down 3-1. Utah came back and won. They're down 3-1 to the Clippers and came back and won. They talk about chemistry. Obviously, the chemistry is outstanding for Denver. But the chemistry was pretty good for the Clippers when they were up three games to one and had double-digit leads in game five and game six. So I, I just – I don't know. I – I just – I think the Clippers blew it. I, my personal opinion, you know, Denver, look, they got fantastic uh, scoring games from they, – they've had it from Jamal Murray. Nobody's really talked about Nikola Jokic. The guy had a triple-double in the third quarter. 
of game seven. But still, the Clippers had big leads in every game and just not able to finish it. Yeah, but it's also, is it sustainable? And, it, you know, shooters are, are going to have dry spells. <laughs> if you actually move the basketball and utilize all your talent, not just your stars, not your two guys that, that came up really dry. Don't forget Kawhi was 6 for 22 in that game. Uh-huh. Paul was 4 of 16, 2 for 11 in yeah. 7. So you can't lean that heavily. Right. There are other sources. Look at Plumlee. Plumlee's a great passer when he comes off the bench. People don't recognize he's really athletic for his size, good rim protector. But, man, he makes good basketball decisions. So do you have that with a Montrez Harrell? Or is he one-dimensional? Right. Or, right. And he's good. He can board. There's no question about that. And he's got that ferocity about him. But, you know, Patrick Beverly is not an A guard. Patrick's a really good player, and he's carved a nice niche out in this league, and I'm happy for him. But they need a lead guard. They need a, a, a true point to put them in positions to succeed. Murray and Jokic didn't rush a thing, and they really orchestrated things accordingly and got others involved, found touches. I mean, Jokic was a surgeon in the fourth quarter of Game 7. Clippers did it to themselves a little bit, too, with the traps and some of their decisions at the defensive end of the floor. But I just like everything Denver did because everybody was involved. It wasn't star-driven. It wasn't all about Kawhi and all about Paul. And remember, the Clippers don't own their own draft pick, total control of any draft pick, until 2027. So they went all in for this year and next year in particular. They're a veteran group. You look at that lineup, it's not getting any younger. So it's going to be interesting uh, what they face and who they don't have a lot of cap room, period. What's going to happen to the LA Clippers down the road? Yeah. When you were talking, I, I was thinking about it because I, I, I rewatched the uh, fourth quarter yesterday. And after the third, the Clippers had a seven point lead heading into the third after at halftime and then heading into the fourth, they were down eight. And Rachel Nichols is talking to Doc Rivers and said, well, what happened? And Doc Rivers goes, well, we stopped making shots and we didn't defend. <laughs> she yeah. goes, well, what are you going to have to do? Well, we're going to have to make more shots and defend. Pretty simple, but it didn't happen. I feel for the coaches, to be honest with you, at the end of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter. And Greg Popovich is one of the greatest individuals you will ever be around. And that's his form of protest because I totally agree with him. And, and I give these guys credit where you watch a Brad Stevens, you watch some of these guys who give thoughtful answers. It, it's tough. You're in the heat of the battle. You want to be with your team over to the sideline, yet they're asking you questions at the end of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter. It, and I, I feel for those sideline reporters that have to do it. No question about it. All right, Joel, here's the uh, ultimate question now. The Lakers have been sitting back. They took care of the Rockets in five. They had a little hiccup at the beginning. Then they figured it out, and then it really wasn't much of a series. Can Denver pull off what everyone thinks would be the impossible and get to the finals by beating the Los Angeles Lakers? They can definitely pull it off. There's no question about that. What it boils down to to me is the first game. Denver's in rhythm. They shouldn't be tired. Uh, They're in rhythm while the Lakers have, you know, they've tried to keep their schedule every other day. And we've been reading stories how Frank Bogle's kept them involved and kind of tried to keep it to a, a regular routine. But they haven't played a lot of games. And they've been off for a while. So where are they rhythm-wise? Are they going to be insane? Because 
basketball is such a beautiful game. Yep. You're in sync and you move the ball like Jokic and those guys do for Denver. Uh, with that said, let's see if Anthony Davis guards Jokic. And let's see if Anthony Davis comes out away from the basket to guard Jokic. Or are they going to start because are they going to go with two bigs? Does McGee start? There's a lot of question marks for the Lakers. And then some of the guys that made shots so far for the Lakers, whether it's Contavious Caldwell Pope or a couple of others like Kyle Kuzma, are they going to step up now in the conference finals the same way? And, and a couple of other things uh, with the Lakers. Rondo, nobody's throwing a better lob than Rondo to Anthony Davis. But are, are the Nuggets going to be patient enough if Rondo at the defensive end of the floor, they've got to go to ball screens. They've got to go to screens that Rondo, the ball finds him. Whoever he's guarding, the, the ball has to be in his hand. Uh, he won't be, obviously, they're not going to put Jamal Murray, uh, Rondo on Murray. But that's why I bring up the ball screens and making sure that the ball is in the hands of the guy that Rondo is covering. So you victimize. You take advantage of those mismatches. Uh, so it's a great chess match. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to watch it with it starting on Friday night. But look forward to the uh, matchup later on this evening, game two. Uh, but at the same time, Denver can definitely win the series. Does Will Barton come back? That would be huge for them. And then how, uh, what about Michael Porter Jr., who, you know, he did the little things well for them in the last game, uh, but he didn't score. He took only two shots, and he knows he made a mistake. You keep what he said, you keep in a locker room. His teammates and his coaching staff let him know. So it's policed in the locker room, things like that, and I'm glad it's under control there because you can tell these guys genuinely, they like each other. They get along. They have, chemistry is the most underappreciated aspect of our game, and the Denver Nuggets have chemistry. You can tell they care, and they're deep, and they're passionate, and they pick up each other. No question. Just a couple more minutes with Joel Myers here in the Pelicans podcast. You mentioned Nikola Jokic. She's just been phenomenal. It's hard to believe. We played Denver way back in November, and his body type was completely different back then. I mean, he had to have been, what, 30, 40 pounds heavier than what he is right now. And Jamal Murray scoring all the points, but Jokic is doing all the, all the work. He's handling the ball as much as any guard, and he's putting up triple doubles. He's stepping out shooting threes. To me, that, that is the guy. And you talked about him. Will Anthony Davis come out and get him? Because he will, and I'm talking about Jokic, he will shoot from the outside. Well, but he doesn't force a thing. You realize he only took 13 shots last game. Okay. Efficient and again. He had 13 assists. So he had as many assists as he had attempts. He doesn't force it. It's going to be interesting. And then uh, – does Anthony Davis get in foul trouble by trying to go to the perimeter and keeping up with Jokic? Because Jokic is a really – the one thing about Jokic more than anything else, he brought up his body composition, it's his basketball IQ. And he can get guys in foul trouble. He's crafty. He's a big guy that doesn't leave the floor. You don't have to leave the floor. You don't have to be a, a skywalker to be efficient. And it's interesting the way things have developed. You, a lot of people forget Jokic was taken in the 40s. It wasn't a bonus, baby. I think it was 47th overall. I don't have the number in front of me. But give their player evaluation credit. That's why I like Miami so much. Mm -hmm. Their player evaluation has been with Hero at 13, Bam out of Bio at 14. They're not the first five picks in the draft. They developed Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. These guys weren't drafted. Derek Jones Jr., they weren't drafted. 
It's about player evaluation, and it's easy to like Denver for that reason, because they did the work behind the scenes. They got a good coach who obviously his players really – I don't know if you saw the video after the game with Mike Malone when they were dancing and he got the shower with bottles of water. But they like they, – they really care about each other. Now, it's easy after a win, but I've seen it after losses where they back each other up. So uh, it's easy to like Denver despite coming from St. Louis. But <laughs> I want a long series. You see, I want – you, you know, want, I, you want I, want se- you want I want seven games. Yeah. I'd like it to be best of, you know, 11. I, I want more games. And triple overtime in every game, too. I want, well, I want triple, quadruple overtime. <laughs> I don't want the season to ever end, even though I'm loving the fact that Saints are playing football. No question about it. All right, Joel, thanks so much. It's been a blast talking hoops with you. Uh, can't wait to watch this series, get to the finals, and uh, and just get into it. It's It's been a long, long year, obviously, but the light is finally at the end of the tunnel. And it uh, looks like we're going to be crowned a champion very, very soon. Todd, thanks for having me. And hopefully we'll do this again next week for an update on the playoffs. Absolutely. I am Todd Graffinini, your radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. Daniel comes back from vacation next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the games. This has been the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.